0: Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. All right, welcome to today's episode on the podcast. Today, uh, we have special guest, Tiffany Bueller, who's with us, who is from David's Tent. Uh, I'm going to call it the David's Tent of Worship Festivals because uh, I know there's a David's Tent in D.C. that some of you will know about that's going 24-7. Uh, Tiffany Bueller's here. She is mm-hmm. uh, a part of David's Tent, which began in the U.K. and is now moving into the U.S., and so I'm excited to hear about the amazing things God's doing through uh, their ministry. Uh, before we dive in, if you're new to the podcast, I just want to let you know this podcast exists to equip present center communities to worship and pray Night and day. So, this is for uh, communities like houses of prayer, burn 24 seven furnaces, praying groups, and churches. Uh, We want to help you and encourage you as worshipers and intercessors and lovers of Jesus and leaders uh, to worship and pray and seek the Lord. And, And so, if you enjoy this podcast or this episode, please share it with your community because if it helps you, it'll probably help and encourage your community as well. So, anything you can do to like and to comment and to share and to review the podcast and the episodes will help us just get the word out and uh, and really strengthen the worship and prayer movement that's happening. Um, you can also subscribe if you have not done that yet. You can do all of those things on our website, which is at podcast.presencepioneers.org, where you can get all the subscription options. You can view all of our previous episodes and learn more about our ministry. So once again, welcome, Tiffany. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, so I have not been to David's Tent, any of the David's Tent gatherings, um, but I've heard a lot of amazing things about them and was actually uh, just talking a few days ago um, in a group of some leaders, including Mike Bickle, and we were talking about what God had done uh, mm-hmm. over in the UK. And it was it was very exciting and amazing and um, would love to get into that Uh just a quick overview. From what I understand, it's like 72 hours nonstop mm. worship. Uh, in the UK, it's grown to thousands and thousands of people. You can correct all mm. the numbers when you get to share. But uh, and so anyway, I, I want to to talk about that. But before we get into what's happening in these what I'm going to call worship festivals, these large worship events for hours and hours and hours. Tell us about you, Tiffany. How? Tell us a little bit about your journey how on earth did you get to where you are setting up massive tents and hosting 72 hours of worship? That's not normal. So tell us a little (laughs) bit about your journey, kind of give us some context um, and and how you got to where you are now. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I, I came into the worship and prayer movement kind of through my salvation. So when I was 20, I walked into a church and I was on drugs. And I just witnessed the people worshiping. And I remember sitting there thinking they're either crazy or high, or they really, really love and adore what they're worshiping because you cannot just worship the air like that, you know? So I immediately could see the connection that people had with the father, um, there. And that's when I gave my life to Jesus. And then my whole entire first year of my transformation with the Lord came through um, just encountering the father in the places of worship and just understanding his goodness, seeing him, knowing him, hearing his voice, learning how to hear his voice, learning how to forgive, learning to, um, yeah, just journey together with him as a friend and as a daughter. And so my whole entire transformation process came in the presence of God and Mm -hmm. in those encounters and in the place of worship. So I have a huge, huge value for worship. And, um, So, uh, then kind of fast forward, um, about 10 years later, maybe a little bit less than that. Um, just, so I've always pursued the places of the presence of God. I've always longed for worship. I've always made, you know, a priority for that in my, in my own house or in, um, what it is that I seek out. But, um, in 2008, Justin and I had just moved back to the States from Italy and we were really hungry for a presence-based community. And, um, by almost kind of like a series of dreams and prophetic words, I ended up in on a missions trip to Nepal through the burn website. Like somebody had introduced me to the burn website. I started, you know, just bawling when I opened up the page and I saw Sean with his like really short hair, (laughs) you know, where I'm a presence junkie kind of thing. Anyway, um, ended up in Nepal for a missions trip and, that's where it kind of all began for me, just the involvement in the worship and prayer movement. And so on this missions trip with Sean, um, you know, we became good friends, had a commonality of being both from Montana, which, you know, not everyone on the planet's from Montana. It's a special place. Um, And we launched our first burn in 2008 in uh, Bozeman, Montana. And we just, We just saw so much life in that place of, um, gathering people across the city to pursue the presence of God, to create a space for him to come and dwell. And, um, we saw things just begin to grow and explode across that Northwest region. And so we did that for a couple of years. And then the Lord called us out back out to, we'd lived in a couple of other nations before that. And the Lord called us back to England And so through my husband's work with the Olympics, we've always kind of seen ourselves as tent makers when we were in the other nations. Um, We were able to go into the UK and, you know, um, Sean immediately was kind of like, okay, well, we need some leadership in the UK, the burn had just started to grow in the UK. I think there were three burns there when we moved in 2010. And um, I didn't know anyone. I knew nobody. So I was just like, Lord okay, this is the vision and this is the vision that Sean sees and the vision that I'm starting to see that you put us here for purpose. What does that look like? And so I just really waited on him for about a year and then the Lord just started to open the doors. Um, We started with one 24-hour worship event in uh, 2011 and that just seemed to swing wide everything. Um, We met some people that then wanted to do a a two-week burn a 30, no, sorry, a 30 day burn leading in uh, through the Olympics, the 2012 wow. Olympics. So that was kind of like the start of really seeing the launch of the worship and prayer dynamic. So that happened um, in the same time as David's tent got started in the UK. And I didn't actually have the original vision for David's tent. I was hired on to David's tent because of my involvement with the burn. There was a group gotcha. of Evangelists in the UK that wanted to see something like a Glastonbury festival. Glastonbury is similar to Coachella here in the US. Um, Wanted to see a redeemed version of that. Um, But the Holy Spirit just hijacked it and and totally had purpose on it that, you know, um, there's just something so authentic happening in the UK in regards to the worship and prayer movement. And so we really shifted the vision in terms of it being more of a um an entertainment based festival to really a presence centered space where we would invite the play you know we would invite the presence of God to come and dwell amongst us, and we would just be there for three days pursuing him and so we we did that in our first year. We we're really scared, you know, like okay, <laughs> we're gonna put this festival on. nobody knows us. We're kind of a group of different people from all across the city of london um no financial backing, no churches that, you know, are like, Hey, yeah, we're involved. You know, this is exciting. Um, just faith, just faith. And the Lord just like, um, he met us at every step of faith and every single, you know, $50,000 check we had to have in order to get the deposits in and stuff like that. But what was really wild was, you know, our, we had made the choice that we were going to pursue the presence of God for three days. It was not going to be a lot of speaking and teaching. We do have some of that at the festival, but ultimately it was a space for us to just say, Lord, you, we want you to come and dwell with us and we want you to have an altar here and we want you to do what you do. And we're going to get out of the way and we're just going to minister to you like Kings and priests. And, um, and so we were like, is anyone going to come, you know, is anyone actually hungry for this? Who, you know, there's a remnant, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, but the remnant is growing, I feel. And, yeah. So anyway, our first year not knowing anyone, I think we had about 600 people that came to the event and it was just astonishing how hungry people were and how ready the presence of God was, you know, just to be poured out um in our midst and so we really felt like God was doing something. So Justin and I ended up um you know, we just felt like coming out of that, our visa was expiring in the UK. We felt like no, we're actually meant to stay here. God's doing something and so um We Justin was able to get another job with a different consulting firm just at the last, you know, that last minute, eleventh hour, and we were able to stay in the UK. um, And I took over the leadership in that second year and have been leading it since. And it's just been incredible to see like the hunger and the way that um, the way that David's tent has fueled the um, this is, you know, like the, the regular sustainable furnaces of worship and prayer, whether that's the burn 24 seven or 24 seven prayer, or, you know, all the different initiatives that are just springing up all across the land. Yeah. Um, David's tent has been a fuel for those that have then been a fuel for David's tent. So it's just been a cyclical thing that has continued to, um, encourage, you know, um, the growth of the worship and prayer movement in the UK. So after being there for eight years, we saw the burn grow from three burns to over thirty six burns wow. because people are just so hungry for the presence of God and for creating that space um, authentic place of um, you know presence based communities so um, yeah that's kind of a that's amazing. like a, a, a synopsis
0: <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> that's amazing we where we're at. No, I love it yeah so give us some a little bit more of the why behind David's tent. I mean, it's called David's tent. We I've done an mm-hmm. episode on the tabernacle of David. So people that have been tracking with the podcast <laughs> will know some of that or, or been following the burn 24 seven. We'll know a little bit of that, but give us a little mm-hmm. bit of that too. Maybe why is it called David's tent? Why are you doing it in a tent specifically? If, is there a reason you're doing it outside, <laughs> you know, yeah. 72 hours, like just give us some more of, of why you're doing it the way you're doing it.
1: Mm. Yeah, so it's interesting about the name because I've even had the conversations with David's, uh, with Jason Hershey of David's Tent, Washington D.C., and just the dynamic of the name and preserving the name of David's Tent. Um, And we love David's Tent, Washington D.C. By the way, and, and everything that they're doing is so similar to our heart. When, when I came on with David's tent, they had named it. And I was like so intrigued because I was like, why are we calling it David's tent if it's more of a festival that's for entertainment? That wasn't what David's tabernacle was all about. Right. And so I think that ultimately the Lord really put me, because of my experience with the burn and my heart for the tabernacle of David, into the place of uh, influence there. Because I think... There was, and and I was uh, explaining this to Jason. There was a little bit of a, a a fight for the reason why we would call it David's Tent in the early years. You know that it would actually be true to what it, it should be. You know that there wouldn't be a misrepresentation of that name. Yeah. And you know, I think that there is a model of night and day worship that David obviously provided us with. So. Um, And I feel like that is, you know, one of the things that I fought for is, you know, like if we're calling it David's tent, should it not be a place where we are just pursuing the presence of God? And there is, you know, the minstrels and the worshipers and the night and day aspect to it. Um, I think that the tent dynamic is probably more that we, in order to kind of come away and be in that festival feel and the camp and be um, in a space where really you're on a journey to meet with God. It's kind of that um, unstructured element, you know, it's like, you're not, you're not in the city, but you know, I say that, and we've just done David's tent in the city in San Diego <laughs> without a tent and with kind of structure around us. And it's interesting because what we found in San Diego, it was this big question of, could we actually do David's tent without a tent structure? Would it still be the same? And and I was amazed and I don't know why I was amazed at this, but the Lord The presence of God still pours out in our midst, even though we don't have that tent covering over us. Um, But I think there is something about just coming outside of a building and coming outside of our normal place of meeting to a a designated set apart space that says, no, like, here we are going to just seek you and pursue you. Um, So we value that. But I don't know, you know, if we set up David's tent in Australia, it might have to be in a stadium. Who knows? You know what
0: I mean? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, I think it helps. And people that have been to David's tent in the UK that experienced David's tent in the U S would say that the tent definitely does bring a different dynamic because of the intimacy, but the outside space is, and and the away space is really what kind of brings people into that place of going on a journey and being away with the Lord.
0: Yeah, for sure. And obviously the restoration of David's tent doesn't mean literal tents. It doesn't have to be, it's about the worship. Uh, yeah. and it's about the ministry to the Lord uh, and the presence of God and the kingdom of God. Uh, but there's something about tents that does speak, I think. Uh, and it's almost like a prophetic sign of like, this is important to me. It's like God speaking mm-hmm. to us about the Tabernacle of David by mm-hmm. literally having people set up tents. I mean, I, I think about like the Awaken the Dawn movement that's emerged in the U.S. over the last couple of years, you know. And it, mm-hmm. it's kind of had a similar effect to what you're describing in the U.K., where I feel like, it's fueled the sustainable expressions of day and night worship and then vice versa where it's gone back and forth. It's been like a catalytic tent thing that's been um, sort of powerful in, in the same way. So it's kind of cool. It's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing thing that God's done and, um, and I love it. So give us a little bit real quick on, on, on like what's it like in the tent? I mean, you've got some of the most amazing worship leaders on the planet that have been coming mm-hmm. in to lead worship sets. How many thousands of people show up in the UK now? I mean, Mm. how many in San Diego? Like, help us see what what it's like for people that aren't familiar with it.
2: Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today.
1: Yeah, so we, um, so in the tent, it's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely yep. amazing. Um we, we start on a Thursday and then we don't stop until we end at the end of the day. And we kind of, we interweave um, some of the more what we call nationally known worship leaders yeah. into our local worship teams. So there's a mix of that throughout the day. And then there's um, a lot of local teams that will carry the fire through the night. And it's been amazing to see, you know, our first couple of years in the UK, um, especially coming from the burn and from a 24-7 dynamic. I was always like, you know, remain, like, let's stay, let's be in that space in God's presence. And it took a while for people to really kind of catch the culture of the night and day aspect and the whole remaining aspect. And they sort of wanted to stay for sort of the names that they knew, the the more nationally recognized names. And then they would kind of go out and then they would come back in for the more national names. And so... We've been able and really have tried to shift the culture that, hey, it's not about that. It's actually about pursuing the Lord, no matter who's in this space, that it's all the same. This is one big, long worship conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've seen the ebb and flow of people coming in and out of the tent go from having, you know, sparse moments in the early years, in the afternoons or the late nights to, full. The place is full through the day. It's absolutely full. Thousands remain. We have 6,000 that come now on a, and about four, maybe 4,500, maybe 5,000 that camp and actually stay on site and are there for the three days. And they're, for the most part, they're all in the tent throughout the entire day. (laughs) And then a good 500 to a thousand stay through the early hours of the morning and just worship. And then it kind of tapers off through the night as it gets cold and people need rest. But, um, but there's never an empty moment in the tent and it's just always amazing. It feels like there is a constant flow throughout the weekend. We call it more of like a conversation with God now, because we've realized that the Lord is, he speaks a seamless, uh, theme throughout the weekend. And it took us a couple of years to recognize that that was really how he was speaking and prophetically. Um, he's wanted to impact us in a specific way each year. And so there's a real continuity to each set and kind of almost like a, a, you know, a soaring higher and higher and higher. And, um, the artists are just amazing. They are, I shouldn't say artists, worship leaders. We're trying to really not say artists. Um, they really honor one another and they honor the next set above their own, you know, so that there's not a space of competition or anything like that. There's just a real family dynamic. And, um, so, so many people come into that space. We've had, we've had leaders from all across England that come in and they literally just cry. A lot of them fall on their faces and just weep because they're like, this is, this is what I've been waiting. I don't, you know, it's just almost like speechless, not knowing what to say. Um, and everyone that comes into that space, even we have this in San Diego, we were surprised that we could have this exact culture in the first year. But so many people say they just feel a sense of family, like they've come home to a family reunion and there's so much family. So there's so many dynamics to what happens in the tent, but there's a real prophetic um, aspect to it where the Lord is constantly speaking. He's constantly moving. He's constantly um, in, you know, releasing things. The worship leaders do that. We do that through some of our transitions. We see healing in the worship. We see places of seala in the worship. This last year, I would have to say the most beautiful moment that I've seen in all the years of David's tent. Um, there was a point where Misty Edwards was leading, and she's phenomenal, as we all know, and has yeah. honed her. She's honed her real estate in the worship and prayer movement, yeah. and in that space in heaven, and um, she led us into a space of devotion that I have never seen us go to and 6,000 people on their faces and on their knees, just declaring their adoration and their consecration to Jesus. It was the most pure and beautiful moment that I've ever seen in my life. And, And I think that that's really what we are, you know, what we are working towards is that place of in the night and day worship and prayers, seeing more and more people come into that space of the consecration of their hearts towards the Lord.
0: Yes. Yes. I love it. I was going to ask what are, you said there were some healings that would happen. What are mm-hmm. you mentioned that it's fueling ongoing expressions of night and day worship and prayer. What, what are is there any other testimonies, any other highlights of things that are obviously we do it because Jesus is worthy of it. We're not necessarily trying to necessarily mm-hmm. make something happen. I'm, I, I would imagine the heart of it is just Jesus is worthy. But at the same time, we know that when, we do these kinds of things. Cool stuff happens. God shows yeah. up and starts doing things. So, any highlights of anything else you can think of that God's done over the years? Hmm.
1: So, one of the main themes we see is um, that there is a a strong like uh, depression aspect in the UK, and mental illness is a big issue. And so, one of the main themes that we hear as a testimony from people is a freedom from depression. Uh, We've actually had somebody, we've had somebody that's come with a doctor note saying that something happened to her at David's tent. She came off a lifetime of medication for depression and has freedom um, since. And we hear that over and over and over this freedom from depression. And we, there's like really radical healings. You know, we, we've had these testimonies of things that I can't really fully explain because of the nature of the healing, but inner healing aspects of deep levels of abuse that the Lord also matches on a physical heal- healing. And the testimonies that we see, we have getting, we, you know, we just get stacks and stacks of them, um, at the end of each year. And it's like, it's just mind blowing the way that God moves in people's lives and sets them free. But I think one of the biggest things that we also see is that there's, um, there's always this element of surprise that people have not encountered the presence of God like that before in their life. And they're like, I didn't know that the Lord was this real or this good. Um, so it's almost as if there's an awakening, a spiritual awakening that happens when people come into the place of God's presence like that.
0: Yeah. Do you think that uh some people are attracted to the the names, the art the not artist artists that come. And, uh, maybe it's a big event, but then they kind of get, they end up encountering God and maybe getting their hearts, uh, just touched for ministry to him and just actually loving him and, and sort of Mm -hmm. these things that we're involved with. Do you think that's kind of happens? I would imagine with that many people coming, you probably have people come for all different reasons.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, we, I always found it surprising when people were coming and they didn't know anyone on our, on our lineup. Um, wow. But then we do obviously see, you know, when we announce certain worship leaders that there's there's a spike in ticket sales. But yeah. um, but really, I think that there, w- one of the things that we've seen is that people who were kind of a little bit skeptical of the worship and prayer movement or the idea of worshiping consistently for a long period of time, they used to say to us like, it's a little bit indulgent you know we should be feeding the poor we should be reaching the lost you know um yep. and my my response to that is that we have 362 other days in the year to do that <laughs> <laughs> um Jesus is worthy of this and um but they they've come in with a skepticism and they've been in that space for maybe a couple of days and the lord just begins to unravel and he begins to speak and then some of those people with skeptical mindsets that they've come in have actually come out being some of our biggest advocates and some of the best members of our team because they've just grown in understanding the importance. And so I think really, like, there's just a lot of people that really don't fully know and understand the worship and prayer movement. And as it's growing and they're being exposed to it, it's becoming part of their lifestyle. It's becoming part of their heart and they're awakening to the importance of it.
0: Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Well, uh, I I think it's great. And unfortunately I haven't been to one yet, (laughs) but I'm going to, uh, going to make it to one for sure. And, uh, so, so I know that you guys released an album, uh, Mm -hmm. which I've listened to from the, the, one of the recent David's tents, it's just got some really powerful moments on there. So uh, we can put a link to that in the show notes so people can go get the David's Tent live album from the Tent, yeah. which is is really powerful. Um, what are what else is in store? How can people connect with you guys? Uh, what are you doing? A uh, couple gatherings in twenty twenty.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we are um, going for our ninth festival in the UK this year, which is August twenty eighth through the thirty first. And then we'll be doing our second festival in San Diego, which is October 8th through the 11th. So either one of those you can come to. In the UK, we have regular worship nights kind of all around the region. And then in SoCal, we have regular worship nights, both in San Diego and Orange County. So just check out on our website um, where and when and how you can connect with us. We also do a couple of um, worship leader gatherings. So if you're a worship leader in either of those places, um or you're not and you just want to come, hang, just yeah. get a hold of us.
0: Yeah, amazing. What's your website? W Dot net. Davidstent.net. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. This was great. Yeah.
1: It's been great to be with you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, bless you.